Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to us. We want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. I'm your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Rejoining us for tonight's show, we have Nick and Cody. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Excellent. 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 So tonight's show, we have Totally Legit or Calling the Cops. First topic, Totally Legit or Calling the Cops. Nick, we're going to have you lead off. Cody will go second. Chris Sale will be a top two or three option for comeback player of the year. Totally legit or calling the cops, Nick. I feel like a turncoat because I wasn't buying into the Chris Sale at the very beginning of this whole saga that played itself out. Totally legit. After seeing what we've seen the past three, four starts now, you're seeing a guy that has confidence that he can actually go out and pitch again, that he can get the job done, that he figured out how to pitch and knows how to command the ball, can get his strikeouts, can get the W's, can get his team feeling good about him being back on the mound. I'm ecstatic. That game from from um, Saturday that we saw from Chris Sale was such a huge confidence boost. To see the guy smile again, I hadn't seen him smile in years. That was great. Let's keep that going. Totally legit. I feel he's going to be in top two, three. The only one that's going to threaten him, you're going to like this one, James Paxton. I'll leave it to you, Cody. Here's a guy over his last four starts, right? You know, uh, against Cleveland, Philadelphia, St. Louis, and San Diego. Uh, It's four starts. Three of them, I guess they're all under three earned runs, right? You know, Three hits, one earned against Cleveland. Seven hits, three earned against Philly. Um, three hits, one earned against St. Louis. Three hits, two earned against San Diego. All of those quality starts, all of those um, high strikeout numbers, he's keeping the the hits down. He's dropped his ERA from 822 down to 501. The guy is trending in absolutely the right decision. And as his hits trend downward, the strikeouts trend upward, his pitch count is also trending upward. He had his highest pitch count of the season on Saturday. uh, Sorry. Yeah, Saturday, excuse me, with 111 pitches. Um, I'm excited to see this version of Chris Taylor again. I think the narrative is going to be too strong around him uh, for him not to get a top two or three uh, finish in the comeback player of the year. Uh, much like I stole Nick's Thunder earlier with Rob Snyder, he kind of took my my punching bag there as well. I was going to say, hey, man, if Paxton keeps it up as well, we could have, you know, two two players in the top three finish there. Um, but, yeah, if if Chris Hill keeps keeps us up and continues to pitch like uh, the Chris Hill of old, there's not a lot of players that have come back from farther that are going to, you know, kind of reach the pinnacle like he has. Absolutely, totally legit. Uh, I've been in Chris Sale's corner since day one. I've struggled vehemently about putting him in the the poo-poo category if he has a rough start. But, I mean, he was throwing mid-90s and then struck out, I think it was Juan Soto, I believe it was Juan Soto, on a 98-mile-an-hour fastball up and out, and it was just glorious. I mean, it was the 
classic definition of an FU fastball, like just get them out. Let's be done here. I need a break and I'll be ready in about 10, 12 minutes. But it was just spectacular to see him uh, basically come back to fruition. Like Chris Sale is back and has been back for a couple of starts. And I understand full well why it's taken certain people to believe and take a chance on Chris Sale, but homie is back and he's, he's ready for it. Attention, Massachusetts and Connecticut listeners. We have an awesome limited time promo for new DraftKings users. Deposit and place a $5 wager on any sport to get $150 instantly added to your accounts in bonus bets. Win or lose. All you have to do is use our code bastards at sign up to redeem. Using our code bastards is a great way to support the pod. So if you don't yet have a DraftKings account, do us a solid and sign up with code bastards and place that first bet. New customers only, 21 plus, and physically present in Massachusetts or Connecticut. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-327-5050. Valid. One offer per customer. Minimum $5 deposit and $5 wager required. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com. Number two on Totally Legit or Calling the Cops. Cody will let you bet first on this one. When Trevor's story returns, he will struggle to find regular playing time with our current infield arrangement. Is that totally legit or calling the cops? I'm calling the cops. Um, I think Kike has not done enough in his audition to have a stranglehold on that position. I think, you know, short of some bad news on the rehab with the elbow, when story is healthy and all clear, he slides back into the shortstop position. We move Kike to a platoon outfielder, or maybe we even look to move him at the trade deadline. I think Emmanuel Valdez has played well enough to enter the conversation. Uh, Mondesi is obviously lurking as well. Um, you know, maybe they move Hernandez to second base. It's a little bit of a, a shorter throw, less erratic, doesn't have to press as much. Um, but, you know, I, I think this front office has kind of hung their hat on on story being uh, cornerstone of this franchise, at least for the next four years. Um, and, you know, between second or short, I think he's going to have a lot of playing time. Nick. I'm going to go right with Cody. I am calling the cops as well. We have so much of an investment that's out with Trevor Story that this is his opportunity. I think if he comes back, they have to insert him. The question is going to be, again, where he's going to be. Will he be DHing? Will he be playing second? Will he be playing short? I think you're going to see a combination of a lot of different things. What I do think is I do see that this could be the end for some of the guys that have been filling in. What they're going to do with Kike Hernandez, that's going to be a big question here because you got Adam Duvall, also his name's coming up as well into this situation. Your players that are coming back, the ones that have at least produced, I know Duvall was a small sample size and all. I'd rather see Duvall than I see Kike Hernandez out in the outfield, which means that pretty much takes him out of doing anything out there. Then it comes down to how's the production going to be of Emmanuel Valdez? How's it going to be with Mondesi if he's back? How's it going to be with Arroyo? Could Kike Hernandez be the odd man out? That's going to be the big question here on what plays itself. But with Trevor Story, I didn't love the move from the beginning from last year, but it doesn't matter on that situation. You invested in this guy. You gave him the big bucks. You got to play him. The question again, 
Will he be healthy enough to play? That's number one. Number two, where will he play? But if he's healthy, he's in the lineup, 100%. Um, he's he's not going to struggle. So will Trevor Story struggle to find regular playing time? That's not totally legit. That's that you're. I'm, well, you cannot invest twenty two unhealthy. Is just going to be a bench player. We're watching this right now in Los Angeles with Anthony Rendon, where they made a massive investment in someone that just did not work out. I think Trevor Story will bounce back when healthy. Keywords when healthy, and I think overall the team will be fine. I think that uh, he's going to have a bit of a bounce back, but I'm not really counting on 2023 being a ridiculously great year for him. I'm really looking forward to 2024 through 2027. That's a little tongue twister there. 2027. This is year two of six. So still plenty of time. There are going to be a couple other names in there. You have Ref Snyder in there. You have Arroyo for who knows how long. Kiki Hernandez for who knows how long. Alberto Mondesi is going to be coming in. Valdez has been lighting it up like a Christmas tree. So I don't think he's going to struggle. There'll be somebody else that'll be an odd man out. Kike, I think, will be in that list. Adam Duvall doesn't really play into that because Adam Duvall will be in the outfield, but I still hear what you're saying. You're just not going to be benching someone who's making 20-plus million. It's just not going to happen. Um, third, on totally legit or calling the cops, the rotation will look totally different whenever Cutter Crawford is up. Nick, please go first with that one. Yes, it definitely will be looking. That's totally legit. The question will be, again, where does he slot in? From Alex Cora, out of his mouth, says that he is going into the rotation. So what that's going to mean here is, like we've talked about on our show, a lot of depth. Will that mean Hulk is now going to the bullpen? Will that mean Kluber is getting out of here and getting out of our lives? I think that would make us all very happy. Cutter Crawford has a role in this team. The question again is, is it a starter? Is it a reliever? No matter what the situation, though, it's an arm. It's an arm that you desperately need that can give the rotation some stability or the bullpen, another anchor out there. I actually like Cutter Crawford in a Winkowski role and seeing what you can do with a little bit more depth in that pen. That's just how I feel. But hearing what Alex Cora says, you got to believe what he has to say. He wants him to the rotation. So, yes, it's going to make things look different. I'm actually intrigued to see what happens in the next week or two. Cody. I think it's totally legit. I think each time this rotation turns over and guys are starting to get healthier, uh, we have no idea who's going to be coming up, who's going to be getting sent down, right? As it's currently constructed, I believe we have Paxton, we have Sale, we have Bayo, we have Kluber, and we have Hauk as as the current five. Am I missing anybody here? That's I don't believe so. No, I think that's it. You got yeah. Right, and then they bumped Pavetta to the pen. We have Crawford kind of lingering, and obviously we have Whitlock, who you know is adamant on being a starter. My two cents: I think Whitlock needs to be in the pen. He was lights out. Hauk looks like a guy that'd be great in a you know two three inning long relief or you know a nails eighth inning type guy. Uh, so yeah, there's no doubt in my mind you know that we are going to have a different rotation when all all the arms are up. You know, I vividly remember in the offseason, um, Bloom in the front office being like, "Hey, starting pitching, we're fine here, guys. We have a lot of depth." And the rest of us were looking around like, "What depth are you talking about, my guy? Like, what arms are you seeing that we're not seeing?" But you know, here we are. 
um, a couple months into the season, looking around me like, guys, what are we going to do? Who's going to be the the five that we roll with? Like, we got to, you know, bump guys to the pen, long relief, turn them into, you know, a couple inning specialists or righty-lefty splits or whatever it ends up being. And, you know, here we are once again, eating crow, which is just a weird thing to say because, you know, even in the bloomiest of terms or, you know, the biggest fans of Bloom, you can't say that he's built a good starting rotation, right? So I think we were all well within our right to say, hey, what the heck's going on with, with the starting five? I'm not seeing it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't think that, um, Kluber is going to be long for the team. Um, I don't mind Cutter Crawford kind of being the Swiss army knife of, of the bullpen or of the rotation. Does he need to be a spot starter? Does he need to be a long relief guy? Does he need to be an ending here if we really need to get it? Cause that guy goes in, he puts up zeros. I like to see it. I, I think the one thing to take a look at is after his first start of the season where it was just Bambi on ice. I get to use it once to show if I'm lucky. And that is my Bambi on ice reference of the show. Seven earned in four innings, three home runs allowed. But since that four inning appearance in his last 21 and two thirds, he has allowed just three earned runs, two of which came on solo home runs. He has a 1.25 ERA. So to answer the question of will the rotation look totally different the next time that he's in it, uh, yeah, that's totally legit. One, he's in the rotation. Two, he can't possibly do worse than Corey Kluber. He couldn't possibly do worse than Nick Pavetta, who's now in the bullpen. So I welcome that. I look forward to it. I think he should be given another opportunity to see what he can do. Um, moving into our next one, totally legit or calling the cops. Kike Hernandez will be dealt in a package at the trade deadline. Cody, would you like to go first on this one? Absolutely. I think this is totally legit. Um, not because of his player of his performance, but kind of what we're looking like in the outfield, right? Um, you know, previously he was our starting center fielder. It was a set it and forget it. We didn't have to worry about it. You know, his bat's a little bit streaky, but overall good production and played above average center field, which I think all of us were pleasantly surprised with. Um, but he's been a little bit of a liability in in the middle infield. And when you look at the outfield now, you know, Verdugo's playing out of his mind. Yoshida's a large financial commitment um, and he's been playing well. So it's not even like you have to stick with him just because you're financially invested. He's earned his spot in left field. And Duran has made this a very difficult conversation in center field, right? Lightning quick, good bat, good defense. He's made a lot better reads and routes to the ball. So where do you put Kike, right? Because now we also have Duvall coming back, which could be a great bat off the bench. You know, he's played average center field, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. You know, when he's out in center, you're not like, oh man, but you know, such and such would have made this or Kike would have made that play. He, you know, he isn't, he isn't doing those kind of gaffes. So, you know, he's a bona fide major league talent, Kike Hernandez. And, you know, if we can get him for some quality starting pitching or, you know, some of those prized prospects, um, I think his time in Boston might actually be closer to the end than we would have ever thought at the beginning of the season. Excuse me. Nick. This was the one I kept going back and forth on. I'm going to take the different avenue on this. Cody, I love every single point that you had, and I am in agreement on a lot of those. I am going to call the cops on this one. And the reason I'm going to call the cops on this is because 
I think the Red Sox are going to be in a situation when the trade deadline comes where they're not going to want really know kind of what what like lane they're going to go. Are they going to be sellers? Are they going to be buyers? And I truly don't feel that there is a lot of value for Kike right now. What's he worth? A bag of big league chew right now? He's a great clubhouse guy. He's a great spark, like a bench guy and everything. But I, I also want to be realistic here with Kike Hernandez. Ever since he's been a Red Sox, he's been asked to do more than really what he is. He's a super utility guy who's been inserted into a center field spot, into a shortstop spot, into a second base spot for the Red Sox. Sometimes he's done the job fine, but other times it's it's painful. It's painful. I also think the other reason why they wouldn't do any sort of trade is because he's so valued in that clubhouse. What we saw from last season was a team that we knew there was turmoil going on. We knew that there was things going on with J.D. Martinez. There were comments being made by Christian Vasquez and Xander Bogart's whole trade, uh, not trade, uh, signing saga that played into the season. Kike is responsible for Justin Turner being here. He's responsible in a way for Kenley Jensen being here and having some of these guys that were Dodgers now believe in this Red Sox system that we could probably go make a nice run here in the postseason and do something half decent. So I think the Red Sox value Kike Hernandez more as a clubhouse kumbaya, you know, cheerleader type of player in a way. And I think that they see more value with keeping him than dealing him, truthfully. And I don't think other teams would be giving the Red Sox that much, truthfully, in return for that investment. So I think even though he's going to be probably a bench super utility guy when you're Trevor Stories and Duvall's and all these other guys, some of these other guys come up and play, I still think they keep him. That's just how I'm feeling at the current moment. So my heart and my brain are separated. And they're separated in between both of your takes. My brain says, yeah, we do, the, you know, even though Kike Hernandez has had a more successful 2023 than 2022, he's expendable. We have other options that are doing better work. We have other people that are going to be coming back that are going to be doing more damage. We have other people that I'd rather see. And we have other players that are just going to be offering more from both a defensive and an offensive standpoint, who can also steal bases and just have more, I think, pizzazz. That's it. But my brain doesn't agree with my heart because my heart is leaning towards what Nick said. And we've seen what happens when a player who doesn't perform, who doesn't do that great, gets traded or DFA'd. And you have the entire team saying, oh, man, he was what made this team a winner. He's the best part about waking up and coming to Boston and this, that, and the other. And it's we're talking about, like, the backup to backup backup. Like, what? And so there is a chemistry that has been created over the last years. Kiki Hernandez has been a value part of this Red Sox team after he was discarded by the Los Angeles Dodgers by doing fantastic work. 20 home runs in his first season in Boston. Everyone said, oh my God, this is someone who everyone thought, okay, this is going to be like a platoon guy. This is their, this is their not everyday player. 
But he came back to Boston and agreed to come back to Boston because we promised and we committed to him that we were going to build a winning team. So we offered to give him, I believe it was $12 million or $10 million for 2023. Not that much of an investment in relation to some of the other guys that we have on this team. Corey Kluber in relation, I believe, is making the same amount. So it's either 10 or $12 million for this year. I think it's 10 I think shelling out Kike Hernandez or moving him in from a spot right now would be detrimental to the chemistry that's already been established in this team. The Boston Red Sox are 26 and 21. We are not the scariest team in Major League Baseball. We are the fourth team in the American League East. We are, however, the ninth best team as far as record is concerned. We've also scored the fourth most runs. And we are, I think, the 11th or 12th highest payroll. It is not worth losing the chemistry that you have by trading away someone who is 31, 32 years old. He's going to be 32 this year or 33 this year when you're probably not going to get as much back. You are also going to lose a piece of that chemistry. You can trade someone who is six, seven, eight years younger, who has a lot higher upside to get someone bigger, possibly better, to fill a bigger gap. So my heart and brain are torn. However, if I had to go and lean one side or the other, I would say, calling the cops, we are not going to be trading Kike Hernandez. It's just one of those things. It's ever so slight, but based on prior trades and moves that the Red Sox have made over the past couple of years, it has negatively affected the chemistry inside the locker room. And it's reflected in the regular season record. We don't even get to the playoffs. I will stop on that one and move into our fifth totally legit or calling the cops topic. That has always been a very difficult word for me to say. Totally legit. Number five, if we add one starting pitcher to our staff, we are immediately in the conversation of being a wild card contender. Nick, you can go first. Is this totally legit or are you calling the cops? The hardest one of our takes here because it's such a vague kind of statement. It doesn't definitively say what kind of starter is coming in. Are we getting a Nick Pavetta again? If that's the question, absolutely not. But if we're getting somebody who has some sort of a major league caliber track record that can be inserted into this rotation, that's a proven winner, that can get the job done, hell yeah. So as it is right now, because we have so much depth and everything that, that is coming back from it, I am going to say totally legit that if we do add a starting pitcher that's legitimate I will say that this puts us over the top and gets us a wild card at least. But it needs to be somebody, again, who is legit. If this is, again, a Nick Pavetta or a Curry Kluber 2023 that we're getting, no thanks. I, I, I would call the cops on that 100%. I am going to go totally legit if we get a legitimately good player coming in, good pitcher. Cody. As we're currently sitting here today, right, the Red Sox are 26 and 21 coming off a game in which they got just 
dusted by the San Diego Padres in a, in a game in which, you know, the starting pitcher didn't give him really an opportunity to be competitive. Um, I think it's totally legit, right? Even if you don't get, um, you know, the David Price of the deadline type kind of player, I don't think that's, you know, something that we need to, to shell out for. But we're currently going through the rotation and 20% of it at any given point in time is an automatic loss, whether it had been Pavetta, whether it had been Sale at the beginning, whether it was, you know, Kluber every time he goes out or how after the third time through the lineup, there is some holes in our starting rotation for sure. Now, a lot of that has been shored up recently. Uh, you know, obviously Sale and, and Paxton knock on what are going well. Bayo has been trending in the right direction. So that's three guys right there. If you can turn, you know, how or Whitlock, whatever combination of those guys, Crawford, that's four. And if you can flip, you know, somebody for a fifth starter, like a Sean Maneo, you know, kind of what Nick was mentioning, just a proven major league guy that's going to keep you in the ball game. Kind of like what Nick Pavetta was uh, a few years ago. Nothing flashy, nothing crazy, but hey, he got you six innings, three innings. I mean, sorry, three earned. And he kept you relevant. He kept you in the game and allowed your offense, which, you know, Charlie has spoken at length about, scores, runs, and bunches. We just need to be in the mix. We just can't have that knockout punch be in the first inning because we've given up, you know, three or four innings, or sorry, three or four runs, and then six by the third inning. Um, So I'm going to say it's totally legit. If we can get a a starter that keeps us around, you know, we're already only – I think what a game and a half out of the third wild card spot behind Houston, which that's a weird thing to say at this point, but we're already right there. We're knocking on the door. And if we can just make it to where our rotation isn't a guaranteed loss one time through, I think that's going to go a long way over the course of the season. I'm in alliance with both of you guys. I think we are one starting pitcher away from really making this team a contender and turning literally this entire podcast prediction show into a little bit of a, a ha-ha sham because I think only one of us had the Red Sox in there. And Cody, I think you were the guy or Jason was the guy. It was one of the two of you. That's It was Cody. So Cody was the guy that had the Red Sox in there. I will have to double check because I do not want to be – uh indirectly also saying that uh jason did not have them in there i just don't remember but we are one and a half games out as it stands right now uh and i can confirm right now as we speak that cody was the only member of our crew to say red sox so well done to cody um we're one and a half games out if we were able to make up two games we are tied with the second wild card spot with the Yankees were just uh, three games out from where the Orioles are. And the Orioles have been playing out of their damn minds, but totally legit. We get another starter. We're immediately thrust into the party and not just a starter. We need a quality starter that can give us six plus innings on a regular consistent basis, like Joe Ryan level consistent, except it's going to cost an arm and a leg to get him. Uh, Joe Ryan, for those who are not as familiar, is an absolute star pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, If you don't know who he is, familiarize yourself with him. He is an absolute stud. Also on Cody's fantasy baseball team. Um, Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I don't think there's anything else we can add to that one. Last but not least, totally legit are calling the cops. Cody will let you lead off. Emmanuel Valdez will work himself into everyday playing time, spelling the end of Christian Arroyo. Is this totally legit or calling the cops? 
Oh, I think I have to use my 50-50 on, on this one. I was, you know, pretty confident in all of my opinions and all of my takes on, on previous uh, Totally Legit or Calling the Cops. But this one is a little bit more difficult for me. Um, you know, I think Emmanuel Valdez has absolutely played himself into the discussion of being an everyday player. You know, what we've seen from him so far has been a lot to like. Uh, the only reason I do have pause for this is is kind of the back end of that take, right? The the spelling the end for Christian Arroyo. And the only reason I say that is because Christian Arroyo does have some outfield defense, and we haven't seen that from uh, Valdez yet. We haven't seen the need for him necessarily to float out there and play, you know, a one-off game on on the you know um, uh, on the grass, as they say. Um, but you know, if Montesi gets healthy and we can move Kike to the outfield, Duval comes back. It's getting harder and harder to find a spot in this team for, for Christian Arroyo. Um, an oft injured player really, really hurts. Right. Cause you know, I think Terry and I, this might be the thing we agree on the most. We were big Arroyo uh, fans, you know, kind of the energy that he had brought to the game seemed like he had a penchant for the big moment. Um, just a smart kind of ball player. Uh, but I just think he's going to be, you know, the odd man out, the guy, you know, holding the stick or, you know, whatever uh, proverbial term you want to use at this point. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, I can't see a path for him on this team, unfortunately. So I will say this is totally legit. Nick. I just don't see with Trevor Story, Mondesi, Kike, all these names that are I just mentioned here are a part of your so-called second base shortstop pairs. I, I I would love to see him, and I'm very high on him right now with what we've seen. Again, 60 at bats he's had so far. He's off to a 283 average on the season, three homers, 10 ribbies. Got the big hit on Saturday night for the Padres and all. There's going to be too many pieces. If you had a 30-man roster, Hundred percent, he's going to be there. But unless he can start proving that he can also hit left-handed pitching, you can't put him as an everyday starter with in everything that you have right now. Arroyo's biggest attribute, what Cody said again, was that whole clubhouse presence. Same like Kike and everything. He's a spark. He's he. People like him. He's a likable guy that I think players want to play with and be a part of on their team. I think it's going to take a lot to have to DFA or release Christian Arroyo from everything, but it comes down to numbers. And if Story comes back and Mondesi is in contention there, you have Kike also doing a great job, and Valdez is also earning his playing time, you aren't going to have a choice. You're either going to have to find a trade partner, release Christian Arroyo, or just say, you know, th th thanks, but... We just don't have a spot. I would not trust Valdez, Cody, going to the outfield. Not after what I've seen with this defense so far. That scares the living daylights out of me right now still when a ground ball is hit to him, even when it's a routine play. He still needs work to get done with the glove to be a major league caliber infielder or fielder within baseball. And I also don't want to ha have them do the same kind of Houdini trick that they've done over the years with, oh, yeah, Hanley Ramirez, go put on a left fielder's glove. You'll be fine out there. Don't worry about it. Oh, Christian Arroyo, go back to right field. Play right field at Fenway Park. You'll be fine. Uh, it drops the ball. Whoops. I don't want to see that again. I think we've seen that song and dance kind of play itself out. 
So I think we need to see Valdez be that second base guy. Maybe it's first base at some point if Casas doesn't do what he's supposed to do. But I just don't see being enough. There's going to be too many pieces to the puzzle, especially in the next month or so when things start to fall. So I just don't see him being an everyday starter. So this one is is a bit of a fluffy one. I know Cody mentioned he was he showed this was going to be the one where you weren't going to be able to say one sided. Um, I don't think that Emmanuel Valdez will work himself into the everyday playing role, spelling the end of Christian Arroyo. I think Christian Arroyo is doing just a fine job of doing that all by himself. He's not a major leaguer. We have other options. I'd still rather see Kike, Emmanuel Valdez. You know, Trevor Story's coming back. Adalberto Montesi is coming back. Emmanuel Valdez. All those guys are better than Christian Arroyo. Literally, we could probably even have Ref Snyder in there or anybody else from AAA, AA come up and be better than Arroyo. That's how done I am with Arroyo. As far as him being the reason uh, for, for being the end of Christian Arroyo, I think that's totally legit. Will it be full-time playing time for the rest of the season? That's where I'm calling the cops. So that's where I'm like 50-50. Totally legit. Spelling the end of Christian Royo, absolutely totally legit. Yes. Will he be, excuse me, will he be a starter at the end of the year? No, I think he's going to be a more platoon guy, possibly with Kike Hernandez in the infield because we're going to have plenty of outfield depth. Jaron Duran, Duvall are going to be fighting for that center field spot. One will spell the other, and that will be that. Um, but to, I guess if I had to, to lean one way or the other, is, is that totally legit? Yeah, Christian Rowe is done. Like, Manuel Valdez is absolutely going to be playing himself in everyday playing time. Bye-bye, Christian. It's, it's, been, it's been real, but we're, we're done. Anything else that either one of you wanted to add to that? No? All right. Uh, excellent. That's going to wrap it. All right. That's going to wrap it up for all of us here tonight. We want to thank all of our loyal listeners and to our first-time listeners as well. We appreciate all of you whether it's your first time or your 1000 and whether you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple podcasts, we thank you. Everyone have a great night. Take care.